Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, good morning. Matter before the court is John. Is a new, remind me, sir, is it Heichel or Heckel? Heichel. Heichel. Heichel versus uh, the Bank of New York Mellon. Um, we're here for, on the motions to, motion to dismiss the merits hearing. Uh, first, I'm going to begin by asking the parties to note their appearances for the benefit of the record. Counsel? Yes, Your Honor. William Philpott, Jr. for the respondent, New York Mellon. Right. Sir? Uh, John Heichel, uh, plaintiff. All right. And Mr. Heichel, again, I'm going to swear you in. If you would remain standing, please, and raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you're going to give to the court will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth under pains and penalties of perjury? I do. Thank you, sir. And I remind you that I swear you in because every lawyer that appears before the court that's licensed to practice in New Hampshire um, is presumed to be sworn in. Every time they speak to the court, they are under oath. And so self-represented litigants such as yourself have to be sworn in because everybody who testifies before the court must be sworn. Thank you. You're so right. with, with that, sir, I'm sorry, did you say something? I have a question. Yes. Does that mean that, stand, I'm sorry, thank you. Does that mean that if, a, if, if statements that are made by the opposing attorney are false, that they are held to the same standard as the pain and penalty of perjury? Or does it mean that they're presumed to be, but, but I don't really know if they are? Under oath. Uh, if, well, yes, everybody who takes an oath to tell the truth has a legal obligation to tell the truth, and there can be penalties professionally and criminally that result from any uh, false statement. Um, but in terms of the context of this hearing, I'm not going to hear allegations. I mean, I, if you disagree, that's fine, but there aren't going to be penalties that flow from this court as a result of anything that you claim is false. In other words, that's not something that will be adjudicated. That's something you would have to take up at another time. Um, and that, also, sir, when you say the same standard, I want you to understand that you are also held to the same standard. In your pleadings, you reference from time to time that you don't know anything about the law, but in fact, um, when you appear before the court, you are presumed to know the law and the rules of evidence and to comport yourself accordingly. So yes, the court holds everybody to the same standard, whether they've been to law school or not. Everybody under oath is held to the same standard. All right? Now, before we begin, I want to just take up a couple housekeeping matters, if we could. And the first is that a number of documents have been submitted to the court um, in the context of the parties' respective pleadings. And what I'd like to do to avoid duplication of paperwork that the monitor then has to mark um, do, can the parties agree that what has been submitted to the court on these issues can be considered by the court without having to duplicate those pa that paperwork for the purposes of today's hearing? Um, Mr. Heichel? In other words, do you agree that what you've submitted the court can consider as part of your arguments today? Yes. Rather than remark them and then have duplicate paperwork? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I agree as well, Your Honor. Okay, thank you. 
Well, that takes care of the first housekeeping matter. And the second is, I know there's a motion to dismiss pending, um, obviously, on which um, the defense has the burden, and there's the merits issue, which the plaintiff has the burden. What I'd like to do um, to use the time wisely is to hear your arguments on everything and then just issue the one order at the end so that we would have both the, we would have an order on everything because this has been pending for a while. Is that is that acceptable, sir? Yes. Sounds reasonable to me, Your Honor. Okay, that's great. Then with that, what I'm going to do, Mr. Heichel, is start with you, sir, because you have the burden of proof on the, the, the injunction issue. So I'll start with you, and I will tell you that I've read your pleadings. I understand what your uh, arguments are under the complaint, and I'm ready to hear uh, your case. So uh, you may proceed, sir. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I have a... And so there's one more thing. There's water there if you need it. Thank you. Okay. I need um, to bring two things forward right uh, at this point. Um, on January 16th, a letter was postmarked from Attorney Philpott's office to me, which I received last Saturday, which was uh, around the 22nd or so. I received that on the Saturday. Um, and it mentioned in there uh, improper service, and it's, uh, it's written by Attorney Philpott. Um, and it talks about, please reference your service to CT Corporation and CT Corporation's letter to the court advising that it's not a registered agent for the defendant. Uh, that's the basis for the assertion of improper service. And improper service is really important in this case because looking at the Securities and Exchange Commission's website, CT Corporation was listed as a registered agent for Bank of New York Mellon in New Hampshire. That's how I got that number. When I went to the sheriff's office in Merrimack County, uh, they said that that was uh, the place that they're going to serve it. They knew when I gave it to them that they were going to serve Bank of New York Mellon. They, they, said, they, they said they were the registered agent. Um, but what I noticed on the letter that was returned from the court, and I was here uh, Monday and I saw it in the snowstorm and I came back uh, Wednesday, I think, and I looked at it again and I read the letter and somehow it's from CT Corporation and it's in my file, I think it's around the last page of my file, that. that the court actually received on September, or it was sent on September 19th. And I've been under the impression that I had served properly because no one has ever denied it or doubted it. But then when I followed through with this, I see that CT Corporation actually sent, attorney, I assume, Attorney Charles Gallagher of Hoey Philpott mm -hmm. in Laconia and mm -hmm. CC'd the court, but I was the one that served CT Corporation and somehow Hoey Philpott and Laurent ended up as a, as, a, as a recipient of that letter from CT Corporation along with the court. I was left out of that loop. And in fact, I never communicated with, C with uh, Hoey Philpott and Laurent. So I'm not sure how CT ended up with... I'm not sure how this even happened. I should have been, John Heichel should have been at the top of this with my address. I should have received a copy that it was improper, CC'd the court, which it was properly done, and then I would have said, oh, well, I need to find the proper uh, 
registered agent. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the Securities and Exchange Commission website, and it's clear that's on there. It said CT Corporation mm-hmm. in Concord, New Hampshire. Um, so this is a this is I think this is a major flaw. I've been left out of the loop, and I'm not sure how I'm not sure how Howie Philpot and Laurent was even brought into this because they weren't even mentioned on. Well, they filed an appearance, and they represent the Bank of New York. So, 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 are we to assume or presume that we did have proper service? Well, they didn't file a special appearance; it was a general appearance, and I'm not sure, counsel. Yeah, under the PAD rules, Your Honor, um, uh, my appearance becomes a general appearance within 30 days. We did not raise uh, ser- improper service in our motion to dismiss. This issue is moved. I, I, it seems more. So yes, I, I didn't want to interrupt him. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I would have, I would have cut cut this short a long time ago. I understand that, but I just want to make sure that I yes. that I did have proper service. And well, it's a, as what what he's saying, sir, is it's irrelevant because they've entered an appearance. They're here. They're prepared Correct. to proceed. Okay. So that's one thing you can check the box. You don't have to worry about. Excellent. And okay. the other thing I would like to just mention quickly is in. Uh, in section 491-8-A, in the motion for summary judgment, which I also filed that, um, I filed um, uh, an affidavit and in my motion for uh, summary judgment, and in the um, in the in the defendant's objection to the summary judgment. The opposing party is supposed to file an affidavit showing specifically and clearly reasonable grounds for believing that contradictory evidence can be presented at a trial but cannot be furnished by affidavits, which never happened. Okay. And you found... Uh, I found that there are many material facts in dispute here that need to be resolved in a trial as opposed to on the I understand that, but but the defendant did not properly respond to the summary motion for summary judgment and Okay. I'm presuming you're the judge and not practicing from the bench. That's all. I just want to make sure that after twenty years that I'm a judge. I appreciate that and I know All right, so let's get going on your complaint. My complaint, first of all, was I filed, uh, well, we were up to October, and then I had requested uh, in December for Attorney Philpott to answer some questions that I had. Mm-hmm. And I had and some I questions. I saw they did, yeah. And the, cl- the, the, the clear, the, the, the main one is, well, there's several main ones, but the main one that I want to bring up is the... And I sent them these letters. I sent them twice because I didn't get an answer on the first one. But it was regarding um, it was regarding uh, notice in a newspaper of general service, and I believe that uh, the carriage. Uh, he did represent to the court, and I got the uh, I got the certified um, recording of it from the company that I paid twenty five dollars, I think, for it. And I listened to it, and I heard it. Proper service, 
He did represent to the court that the proper public notice was given through the union leader newspaper, and I asked him to please forward me an affidavit of publication for said public notice so I may know the identity of the union leader or client. And I never got that because I still don't believe that there was ever proper notification. And now I find out that in one of his answers that the... That, it's, that that's moot also because... It is moot because it was no foreclosure. So it, it but we wasn't... were getting letters up until that point threatening to take the home, take, threatening to take the house, and you, it I seems reasonable to say we're not going to have it. I understand. Your Honor, the integrity of the court and the system is important to me. When I came to the court the last time, I received information from a staff member in the foreclosure department that it was first publication. That was an error. Apparently the client canceled the foreclosure before even the first publication. I see. So when Mr. Heichel came to this court, there was no foreclosure going forward and got relief on the basis that there was a foreclosure going. Of course, that hadn't been communicated to him. He received letters normally that are required to mail. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, I think rather than spend your time, sir, on an issue that the court agrees is moot because no foreclosure took place, I think we should probably move to the more substantive parts of your complaint. Well, that was the complaint. That was the initial complaint. That was the initial complaint. All right. Well, as I said, The complaint was to enjoin the foreclosure. I mean, my request to the court was to enjoin the foreclosure. And the foreclosure was enjoined. So you received that relief that you requested. And now the issue is should that injunction continue? And you have the burden of proof on that issue because you are the person asking for the injunction. So explain to me the other parts of your complaint, your proof on those matters. The other parts of that complaint is that I, as I stated before, I bought the property. I have it recorded in my name. I've paid for it to one of the people named on the mortgage that had the authority to quit claim the other party's name, all the rights, title, and interest to that property, to the one. And I have the deed. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any association or affiliation with Bank of New York Mellon. I don't owe them any money. I've also have never been, I've never had anyone verify that there was a debt. I've never had any verifiable evidence that there is a debt. And with me, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have a debt with the Bank of New York Mellon. Your Honor, to cut this short, too, we'll stipulate that he's not a borrower. Okay. I'm not a borrower. Thank you. I have never seen any chain of custody of that note, and I don't know. Thank you. 
understand that's not in pleadings with regard to the custody of the note. Right. Sir, my understanding of your complaint is that you argue that, and let me just explain to you, you're limited to the claims you make in your complaint. You can't add new claims today. That's not allowed. So my understanding of your complaint is that you argue that you pay consideration for the property, that the seller discharged the debt in bankruptcy, that Mr. Miller did not file bankruptcy, so the debt owed is his, and that you are not contractually obligated to pay the mortgage. So I understand those are your allegations, sir, but because you have the burden of proof, you have to prove all those things to the court. So let's take, for instance, the bankruptcy issue. Do you have any proof that Ms. Miller's debt on this property was discharged in bankruptcy? Do you have any proof today of that, that it was, in fact, discharged in bankruptcy? Do you have any documentation, any witnesses, anyone from the bankruptcy proceeding that you wish to call? This is the sort of thing we're here today to try to figure out. It's recorded with the Hillsborough County Registry of Deeds, the bankruptcy. Okay. Do you have anything to substantiate that? Do you have anything that was recorded, a copy of anything? No, but the defendant stated that he knows that it happened last time. He said that he actually stated, the defendant actually stated that Ms. Miller had been discharged through bankruptcy. All right. Attorney Philpott, are you going to answer? I know the process, but come here and are expected to understand the law, but, again, maintaining the integrity of the court. I agree that Elaine Miller was discharged in bankruptcy as to her obligation to pay the note. That did not affect the security interest, which clearly is recorded in encumbering the property, which Mr. Heichel took subject to. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. If there's a debt on the property, it's Mr. Miller's signature that's on that mortgage. It's not mine, and it's not Ms. Miller's because she was discharged. Okay. Sir, do you have any, you're sitting down, so I'm just asking, do you have any, no, that's okay, I just assumed that you're finished, but do you have any documentation that you want to submit to the court in addition to the documentation you've already submitted, which the court will consider? No, I don't have her bankruptcy with me. I don't have her bankruptcy. Okay. Then let me suggest this, Mr. Heichel, this might be helpful. Let me hear from the Bank of New York. They may wish to put you on the stand and ask any questions that they have of you, but let's hear from the bank, and then I'll give you a chance to respond to whatever the bank raises, and maybe that will help move things along a bit. Counsel? Yes, I just have a few questions, Your Honor. I've submitted some exhibits. Okay. Do you wish to call Mr. Heichel? Just briefly. All right, Mr. Heichel, then, if you would take the stand, please, sir, and I remind you that you're still under oath. Counsel has a few questions for you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You don't have your phone on, do you? No. Thank you. No, that's okay. 
Is that a hearing device, sir? Because you're welcome to put that no, on. No, it's, it's a Bluetooth. Uh, oh, okay. It's comfortable. <laughs> uh, Mr. Heiko, I have before you uh, an exhibit book, booklet. See it? Thank you. Yes. And uh, item one is a mortgage. You turn the tab. Okay, you see the recording information on that mortgage, the copy? Are you in one? Yes, I am. You, when you took title to the property, were you aware this mortgage was recorded in the registry deeds and encumbered the property? I do I know that this happened not you know, particularly question, this my question was did, were you aware when you recorded your deed that this mortgage was recorded in the registry of deeds well let me let me switch it up did you have a title search performed when you took title to this property no you did not now um, in your pleadings, um, my uh, interpretation is that you're you're aware that the mortgage is in default, but simply you do not owe the money. You're not a borrower. Is that correct? I'm not a borrower. That's okay. Right. And you, you know that the, there's money owed on this mortgage, right? I don't know there's money owed on this mortgage. Well, you, it's you never had, been verified to me. Yeah, you had, you had conversations with Elaine Miller and their bankruptcy filing, correct? No, I knew that she went through it. And I know she filed, I know the attorney filed it with the Registry of Deeds. I've never read it. And as you say in your pleading, she, her, her obligation to pay the bank was discharged in bankruptcy, correct? That's what I was told, yes. Yeah, okay. And you have no reason to believe otherwise, do you? That she had an obligation, in other words, that she had an obligation to New York Mellon to pay on the loan. No, but I think the obligation is to countrywide. Well, I submit to you, sir, um, item three, which is also a matter of record in the registry of deeds. You want to go to tab three? I'm on tab three. 
See assignment of mortgage? Yes. Okay. See the, that the assignment is from what uh, uh, we call MERS, Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc., to New York Mellon in its capacity as a certificate holder. I see that. Dated 16th April 2011? Yeah. I see that. Of course, recorded before you recorded your deed. If you look, look at tab 4, that's a copy of your deed. Do you recognize that document? Yes, I recognize this document. Okay. And that document has a, 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 a transfer tax stamp on it of $40. See the stamp affixed, yes, sir. fixed to the first page? Yes, I paid okay. that. To Do you understand state. that that's a minimum tax stamp under New Hampshire taxation, Department of Revenue Administration? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Something $4,000 or less? Uh, 75 cents per hundred, I think, is... Okay. I think. All right. I discussed that with the Department of Revenue when I did that, and I told them the situation, and they... Okay, fair enough. The minimum. So, we've established, sir, that we've had certain documents of record, a mortgage and assignment, before you received your deed. And, uh, again... Your position is that not that there's not it's not necessarily that nothing is owed here. It's that you are not a borrower and therefore you do not owe the money claimed by the bank. Is that, do I have that right? I don't know if there's money owed and I am not a borrower. Okay. And I don't owe anything to the bank. Okay. So you have no proof that you brought here today to dispute the bank's claim that money is owed on the mortgage and it has the right to foreclose as a consequence. Do I understand that correctly? No, I have never seen an accounting of the account uh, to verify the debt. And uh, on what basis would you assume that you'd have the right to an accounting? Well, if I'm talking... If, if if an if an officer from Bank of New York Mellon was here, then I would be able to uh, I would ask him that. I would ask for an accounting of the I'd ask for the verified debt, how much is owed on it to the penny right now. Okay, but you haven't pled that in your pleadings. You haven't requested an accounting, have you? I asked it in a question. No, I asked it to you on on Exhibit uh, D in December. Uh, and I asked for, um, well, on this one I asked for a list of the legible names of all men and women on the chain of custody documents uh, for said note as well as a copy of all said documents. I also asked
also asked in those in that exhibit he i believe and i asked you this question of which i did not get an answer i believe at the october hearing the case you did represent the court there was a risk to the defendant and i asked to please forward me an accounting of the account for any debt which you believe is true due and owing and i've never received that accounting even though you directed those questions of yours to be sent in separate mailings each piece of paper six separate mailings um i advised that i assumed that they were an attempt to comply with court rule 23 or 24 and that i was not a party to the litigation simply a lawyer but i would respond or object accordingly and i i did didn't i on behalf of the client you you did not bring that forward to the court knowing this hearing today uh in any form of motion to compel did you aside from the fact sir that it's not in your pleadings i don't understand the question okay um you received answers from four objections from me correct to your six questions correct okay and you knew of this hearing today right well in advance received notice right yes the hearing on the merits and again to round it up you have no proof to bring forth to this court that the that the mortgage uh that that defendant um holds is paid in full do you paid in full to who paid in full to the defendant who is the defendant new york mellon i don't know how i could know that if i haven't received an accounting of the debt which i've asked for which is true due and owing i don't know if there's a debt on this okay well you know there's a mortgage right i don't know if there's a debt on this okay let's go to to two in that book promissory note do you know if there's a debt on this yes sir you have to answer the questions you can't ask the questions do what what do you want me to do i tap two it's a note copy of a note i see it you understand what a note is sir could you explain it to me you don't understand what a note is in other words you don't understand that a note is an evidence of debt of a loan
It's a security instrument. Well, I don't want to correct you because that's not my purpose. The security interest, I would suggest to you, sir, is the mortgage, not the note. The note evidences the loan, and it's a promise to repay the money given by a bank or any individual that happens to loan money to another. On the last page, it says pay the order of blank. Is that correct? Yes. So it's just a note? Yes. I mean, it's a note, pay the order of nobody in particular, whoever's holding it. Well, I would suggest to you it's paid to the bearer of the note, whoever holds it. Just like if you have a dollar in your wallet, that's legal tender. A note endorsed in blank is held by the holder. Correct. Having possession. And you're assuming that Bank of New York Mellon holds that note? Well, I know it does. I have no further questions, Your Honor. All right. Thank you, sir. You may step down and take your seat again. All right. Mr. Heifel, in light of questioning, is there anything you'd like to add at this point? No, I have no one to cross-examine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Counsel, anything you wish to add at this point? Can you fill in? No. Other than, Your Honor, if I may make an offer of proof to the court, the mortgage amount presently owed as of the 14th of the 16th of this month, $351,824.44, of which a rearage on interest of $79,297.36 and escrow advances for taxes, insurance, et cetera, $33,696.86. So this property is, by my recollection, by my quick math, in arrears in excess of four years. I would ask that the booklet that I just went over with, the exhibits in the booklet, be marked as full exhibits, Your Honor. All right. Mr. Heifel, anything further from you? Yes. Could I have, would the defendant be willing to, would the defendant be willing to put that number down in the form of an affidavit? Well, he's made the representation to the court, so it's made under oath. So an affidavit is also made under oath. So that number is what is true doing owing today, as of the 16th? That's his assertion, yes. Thank you. Okay. Well, if there's nothing further, I can take this under advisement. I just want to make sure everybody's had their chance to say their piece. And it looks like from your expressions and from your body language that there's nothing further. All right. Thank you very much. I will take this under advisement, and I'll get you an order just as soon as I can. Thank you.
court will stand in recess. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.